Hello, welcome to the Neighborhood Conversations, where we have inclusive conversations with inclusive individuals. I'm so happy to be in your neighborhood today. It's your boy, Templeton Sawyer, and we're here today talking about mental health. Mental health is a very important topic, and I'm so happy that we have experts in the room. Brad Rowe from Healthy Minds Cooperative and Susan Kilbride Roper, who's a Jasper consultant and also recovery consultant. Welcome to you both. How are you doing today? Uh, just fabulous. And thank you for uh, for allowing us this opportunity to have this hopefully wonderful conversation. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Susan, how are you? I'm, I'm great, thanks. I was honored to have been asked to participate in, in this broadcast and with Brad, um, Brad Rowe. So yeah. we've known one another for a little while now. And and so I'm going to really enjoy this. So thank you for inviting me. Awesome. Awesome. Brad, Susan, it's so happy to have you. We're going to have a conversation today about mental health. And you both are experts in this field. And I'm so happy to have both of you join the table. And so I'm going to just get into the conversation and start my question. What is mental health? And why is it important? And I'm going to start with Brad, and then I'm going to go, going to, go to Susan. So that's a uh, an easy and a difficult question to answer. Because I think, you know, most times when we think of mental health, we think of, you know, having a mental disorder. When in fact, men- mental health is really, you know, the full spectrum of our psychological, emotional, and our spiritual our social well-being it's really you know everything that we have you know the quality of life our sense of fulfillment our our engagement our happiness and and so having positive mental health and and being having you know mental well-being allows us to have a rich and full life wow thank you so much for sharing that that's important susan would you like to elaborate on that for sure Sure. Um, well, there, as as has commonly been said, I think the Canadian Mental Health Association first came up with the phrase, there is no health without mental health. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and the Public Health Agency of Canada has a really good definition of mental health. Do you mind if I read it? It's not too long. Yes. No, I go ahead. I tried to go memorize ahead. it, and it just didn't, on the page, it's so much better. It's the capacity of each and all of us to feel think and act in ways that enhance our ability to enjoy life and deal with the challenges we face. It is a positive sense of emotional and spiritual well-being that respects the importance of culture, equity, social justice, interconnections, and personal dignity. So that's the Public Health Agency of Canada. Wow, that's, so, that's really important to know, yeah. Did you want to say something else, Susan? So sorry for interrupting. No, I just... Um, I was going to do a commercial for mental health first aid because that's where the actual quote came from was awesome. the uh, learner's manual. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really awesome. You know, um, we have a lot of persons um, facing mental health today and I too have faced mental health um, and knowing how to cope through that and also knowing how to support other individuals, such as my family members, um, my, my friends, um, my, my coworkers, um, just, trusted individuals who I can support. And so this next question, um, Susan, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna ask you to lead the way in this question. How can I tell if someone has a mental health problem? Like, like how can I, I, I be aware uh, of that? So Susan, you can go ahead. 
there's a little tool uh, called ALGE, um, A-L-G-E-E. -E. It's an acronym for assess, um, assess whether or not somebody is uh, living with a mental illness there are, um, or dealing with an, uh, an, in, an incidence or uh, of, of mental illness. Um, and ALGE, assess risk of suicide or harm. That's what you should do first when you think somebody's living with a mental illness. So see how serious the uh, situation is. Um, the second thing that you do is listen non-judgmentally. So whatever the person says, right. um, listen non-judgmentally. Do not do not form any opinions. You have to sort of go through all of the actions um, of the uh, the algae um, uh, plan. Um, give. Uh, give comfort uh, and advice uh, that you've practiced up on from your mental health first aid. Um, right. The most important part, I don't have to go by algae, but listening non-judgmentally, um, assess the situation um, based on prior, hopefully prior knowledge of how, um, how the, the types of illnesses or addiction issues that someone may face. Uh, and Encourage the person to get help. That's the two E's at the end. Um, first, uh, find out what sorts of supports that they have. Do they have friends, family mem members, peer supporters? Um, and uh, encourage them, the second E, encourage them to get help. So they can do that. Uh, there are several, since uh, we suffered a real, real crisis, crises um, with people living with mental health issues uh, throughout the pandemic, due to isolation and all of the um, difficulties that people went through, um, we have a lot of phone numbers across the country, but the one that I know, 4298167 is, mental, is the Mental Health Mobile Crisis Unit. So if you have any concerns, they will talk to you, they will speak to the person. But if you have anything um, that uh, you're concerned about an individual, there are all kinds of um, signs and symptoms you can learn about just by taking this simple course. Um, and uh, you can you can sort of do your own assessment, and then you can call one of the phone numbers if the person is not comfortable in speaking on the phone themselves. Wow, thank you so much, Susan. Assessing um, it's really important, um, and and those are different types of of areas that we should assess. And I really really enjoyed hearing that for sure, and that that'll help me to assess um, when someone's going through a, a mental health um, crisis or um, experiencing mental health. Brad, I, I want to hear from you. What what do you have to add to this conversation? For me, and and you know what what I what I've I've learned and sort of advice that I I give to supporters, carers, family members is it's really you know looking at mood and behavior changes and and the persistence of that. Right. You now, I you know we all have bad days. Right. But when my bad day becomes a week, then there may be, you know, some concern. You know, if I'm sleeping in later than normal and, and it's, and again, it's every day or I stop doing things that I like or if I'm more irritable or if I'm more distant. And again, it's not a, you know, for me, I think it's it's the reality of we all go through all of these things and we experience these things, but it's the duration that 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 occurs that may may raise some some cause for concern. You know, again, you know, that friend who 
you know, you used to go for a coffee with every two weeks yeah. now doesn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, that person who's not responding regularly to your texts or, you know, the family member who is suddenly spending a lot of time in their room and they don't seem to be doing the things that they, they normally regularly would enjoy. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's really those, you know, paying attention to if, if, if there is something that, you know, is is a bit different or unusual for how they're for how they're behaving and if it, and how long it is and then it's also i think you know the reality of we're always afraid to have that conversation yeah. we're you know we're terrified because you know if i ask then they're going to feel like i'm picking on them mm. and then i find you know if we approach it like 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 susan was saying you know with with compassion and and I always find as well, like, it's about me and what I'm seeing. So it's not about them. So so it would be saying to them, you know, I, I'm noticing this and, and I'm concerned. Yeah. It's not you're doing this. Yeah. Again, you know, Susan mentioned the non-judgmental aspect of things. So it's not about saying, hey, you're doing something wrong. It's the, I'm noticing that that this is happening and and i'm curious or i'm concerned yeah. yeah we're going to take a quick break to listen to some nova scotia works client stories i look forward to my family's security in the future that's the main goal as a father the empowerment from changing careers has really just made me want to get out of bed in the morning i'm looking forward to growing my business so i want to hire people like I was hired, I want to give guys that chance. Il me fera plaisir de continuer à travailler avec les immigrants francophones à Nouvelle-Écosse. I am looking forward to the financial freedom that I never had before. And now back to the podcast. Wow, that that, so, that that's really important. And you know, um, I had a friend who has been who dealt with mental health a, a few weeks ago, and. It, it was just hard for to experience them going through that um and here all i could do is just support and just um give kind words and, and gesture but also giving that space um to allow them to to grow um and also to allow them to to be friends because they, they're far away from me so it's not that they're like in the province they're like all the way um in ontario area so it was like that was like hard for me to say oh i want to be like right there and so encouraging them to go out um, and be with other friends and, and to allow them to try to do things like that that's like really important um and i and i thank you yeah that's that's important yeah yeah and I think I, another big thing, especially you know, when, when Susan was mentioning, if you think somebody may be experiencing a level of distress, is to be very open about it and very candid. Yeah. You know, coaching things and and you know, quite, you know, quite honestly, just coming in and saying, "I'm concerned, I'm worried," and you know, again, in the event of, of a crisis, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, talking very open about it you know like susan mentioned mental health first aid and and the fact that you know it is that actual you know are you feeling suicidal are you you know are, are do you have a plan being very open and you know i know there's always that that 
fear that, oh, if I mention it, yeah. it's going to promote it. Yeah. And, and the reality, like in the hundreds and hundreds of conversations where I've brought that up with people, it's been a door opener. And, you know, that reality that somebody can actually express what they're feeling. So if, you, if you're in that sort of crisis kind of mode, or if you feel that somebody's feeling that, be very open, be yeah. very candid yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really refreshing to hear. Thank you so much for sharing that. I move on to the, to, to my next question that speaks about um, curing um, mental illness. Um, which, which way is better for treating a, a health condition, therapy or medication, like, or, or both? Like, like wh- how do you, how do people treat um, mental illness? And, and Susan, I'm going to, uh, no, Brad, sorry. I'm going to allow you to answer that question first, and then I'm going to go to Susan okay. to answer that question second. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, when I, I think there is, there's a continuum and multiple layers with that. You know, we, we talk about medication and therapy and which is best and what's the combination that's best. And, and I think, you know, the reality is that I think all of these things work best together. Um, and, and more importantly, I think it's, it's about what works best for you, what you find helpful. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I know people who consider going for a jog as therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I know people have, have fears about, you know, medication and, 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 you know, so, so for me, it's, it's about, I guess, there isn't one answer and it's, 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 again, it's on a continuum because there, there are times where, you know, maybe medication is that key to help you reach a certain place and then therapy and then you know, your own personal wellness plan and your own personal engagement. Right. So there's, it, it, it's, lo- it, it, it's, it's so many, but I think, you know, the, the one thing that, that I've learned is that, you know, first off, this is a health condition, right. but it's also a chronic health condition. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we'll seek help for the acute symptoms we're experiencing. And then when they're reduced, we just sort of, dive back into the life that, that we had before and that, you know, probably helped to exacerbate or even create some, some of that, 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 you know, that intense experience we've had. Right. So I think like, you know, for me, it's, 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 oh, and I, I, and I don't want to go off into a big rant on this, but it's, but it's, it's really, you know, like sitting down and saying, this is what I feel I'm missing, or this is what's happening, and what can I do to address it? So it's about me addressing my quality of life. And, you know, I may find that, you know what, taking this medication gives me the peace that I need to be able to engage and have what I define as a quality, as quality in my life. For others, medication may not be, but it's, you know, again, it's, you know, engaging in, you know, Tai Chi or exploring the art or, you know, going for a jog. And, and so it's really a little bit of everything, 
but it's it absolutely has to be what brings you and allows you to have that quality in your life. Wow, wow, that's that's powerful. Um, Susan, what do you think about this question? Um, okay, from my own experience, I live with a mental illness. I live with a bipolar disorder. So my experience um, in and one percent of the population lives with bipolar disorder. So there's one percent that combine um, most often combine uh, medication and therapy. Um, therapy's hard to get though sometimes, very hard to get. Um, uh, but com- com- a combination of both, but really the most important thing aside from, and Brad said it perfectly, um, quality of life, uh, quality of life comes first and then medication maybe second therapy to get to the root of things. If you have something like post-traumatic stress disorder or borderline personality disorder, therapy is really, really important. Um, And most likely, if you have the symptoms of anxiety or depression that go along with that condition, um, then medication is going to help with that. Um, In other cases, therapy is not helpful at all. The person has dealt with all of their issues that are just kind of hard to live with. And so what Brad was talking about, the wellness techniques, um, really, really important, really important. So it all depends, I guess, on the nature of the mental illness. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's so important. I talk I talk about healthy therapy, um, lifestyle all the time, going for walks. That's that's like something that I love to do if I'm feeling a bit stressed um, or or a bit depressed. I I tend to go for a walk. I am so fortunate that I live close to the, to the office. So I walk to the office every day and I feel I, I actually saw that as a healthy mental health journey for me because I, I it gives me time to collect my thoughts in the morning to to be with myself in the morning and actually think about what I want to do and, and how I want to make an impact for the day. And then even if I'm feeling a bit down or something, I, I would. I would stay at the office for a little bit and then walk because if I'm feeling down, I say, okay, I'm going to walk this off because like, I, I'm not going to get in the car or I'm not going to tell my friends to pick me up. I'm going to walk because it's, it's, it's a journey it's, and it's helpful as, as I, I mean, yeah. for me, it's been very helpful for me because I, I, I don't know how to tell you um, how healthy life is, is, is so good and hiking um, exploring with nature and that's what I love about Nova Scotia is that it has like those nature um, areas for you to connect with nature and connect with with all the surrounding things in the air of it um, brings the the healthiness of your mental health and I love that yeah yeah that's so good yeah no definitely and and, and I think that that is the, the, the I think the prime example of you know, you found something that really speaks to you, yeah. that that lifts you to a place that that you want to be. Yeah. And you know, as you were saying that, I was just thinking. I, I, I in the men's group, there's a guy who um, the thought of hiking would be a well. I'm not going to say what he would say, <laughs> yeah. but but it's the reality of you know, it's what works for you. Right. 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 And that and that's important. And that actually leads me to my um, my next question: um, When can one be assured that their mental health is affecting their personal work 
our academic life? And, and Susan, I'm going to go with you with this question, and then I'm going to go to Brad. Sure. Um, speaking of the word sure, <laughs> I, I have been unsure. Um, sorry, mm-hmm. I've been unsure. Um, a lot of people are unsure and cannot see how, um, how p- a possibility of mental illness is impacting their life. It takes kind of outsiders sometimes to help point mm-hmm. things out to them. Um, so a, a big thing for me um, and for other people I know is uh, the sleep changes, lack of sleep. Um, mm-hmm. If that changes, sleeping too much, sleeping too little, um, that's a biggie. Um, something as simple as eating, eating too much, eating too little. What if the eating too little is a return to an eating disorder? Um, uh, sleeping, eating, isolation. We've been dealing that word is is mega huge these days, you know, yeah, since yeah. the pandemic. And so isolation, once you start isolating um, away from friends and family because you don't want to have to deal with your what's going on inside you in front of other people. It's very difficult to be around other people. Right. Um, so that's chosen isolation. So, um, yeah, um, I have to say uh, you have to be open to listening to other people and, and, and people who are not the people who are trying to help you who are, are kind of not being listened to. They have to find another way to communicate Um with a person to make them be concerned. Here are the signs and symptoms of, of someone not doing well. And so the sleeping, the eating, the lack of ability to pay attention, lack of focus. Um, yeah. So those things. Yeah. Very important. Thank you so much for sharing that, Susan. Brad, what do you think? Welcome. Well, I, I always, when I'm working with somebody, I always approach from the perspective of what's poking you, mm. you know, because, you know, if you're going through life and everything seems good, then for you it is. You know, despite what might be happening outside, you know, again, Susan mentioned, you know, like say uh, somebody mentioning something. Well, you know, if we choose to accept that and agree it, then that's the thing that's poking us that, hey, you know, I'm doing something that this person is noticing. You know, and and for me, I, I've I've sort of realized that, you know, I spent most of my life in an unhealthy place without knowing it, because you know we 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 are these incredibly strong and resilient people, and we can take a lot, and we keep going forward and forward, and you know, we, we also deal and live in a world where you know everything isn't easy you know so we have to find a job and we have to work and a lot of people don't like their job or you know there are relationships don't work for for multiple reasons so you know until you know we we go through all these things that can really be an identifier of of me struggling yeah but until i i recognize it as a challenge and something that's troubling me you know like like, like, for example, I am terrified of heights. I, to the point where there are times where if I stand up on a, like a stepladder, I can feel a little vertigo. I can't walk across the bridge, one of the bridges here, because it's too much. Now, you know, some people could say that that's a phobia that should be addressed. But for me, it's like, you know, I just don't walk across the bridge and I'm never going to get a job cleaning windows in an office tower. 
and it has no other impact on my life. So it's not something that's poking me. So it's really that oftentimes it's that thing that's poking you. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, sometimes our behaviors so, so radically affect others that an intervention happens, you know, so, so oftentimes, you know, we'll find, you know, there, there are times where maybe the police get involved or, you know, there, there is such a, an intensity to a dispute that, you know, you know, we, we, we tend to start losing things and, you know, sometimes like sometimes, you know, to, to, to sort of steal from, from the addictions world, sometimes we have to hit that bottom to, to, and, and again, for me, that bottom is that, that thing that's poking me that I know I I don't like, and then trying to find a reason. Wow. That's, that's so powerful. So powerful. Wow. This has been a, a, a lot of, of, of strategies, but also, um, helpful, um, way of, of just knowing. And, and now that you've shared this with me, now I'm actually thinking of how to protect myself and also be aware of those symptoms my, myself um, when going through mental health. And I thank both of you for joining on to this conversation. And I want to end with this last question. What are the simplest approaches to improve mental well-being? I know people get to choose a lot of things. And for me, it's hike. For me, it's it's kayaking. For me, it's um, going for walks and stuff like that. But what what are, what are just simplest ways of, of doing that? And I'm gonna start with you, Brad, and then I'm gonna end with Susan and go with that. Yeah. I, I think it's pause and actually engage in life because mm. I think we run on autopilot. Oof. And we get that focus mm. and we start living for that that end result mm. and we never see things. And and so for me it's that, you know, slow down, take a moment, and, and again ask yourself, am am I missing something? Is there something I would like but I can't can't find? And then start actually being good to yourself and taking care of yourself and doing doing the things for you. Like that. That's a good one. Wow. Be good to yourself. Be good exactly. to yourself. Motivate yourself. Encourage yourself. Speak. Yeah. I, I think people don't encourage self, self-love and self, self-worth and self-confidence. And that's something that it helps with mental health. It helps with the, right. with the level of that. And I think that that's need, it needs to be more of that and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good, Brad. Thank you so much. Susan, I, 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 want, I want you to close this out with this. And I know that you have um, some, some, some types of spark in, 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 this, in this way. So <laughs> no, that's a nice give, thing give to us say. What you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just thinking as, as Brad was speaking, Brad's kind of an inspirational dude. Um, anyway, as Brad was speaking, I was looking at some strategies I use and some strategies I teach. because I I work with self-esteem building. And what you have to do, I think, for me, um, is kind of look at things and count your blessings. Um, Have a gratitude journal. Um, There are negatives in everybody's life, but kind of go, okay, um, 
thank goodness I have this and thank goodness I have that. I'm great. I'm grateful for it. It's, um, uh, what can I have more of in my life? Is there something from Brad's list that I should be incorporating in my own life? Um, Mm. so just be willing to grow and to learn and to never be a lifelong learner and, and take what somebody else is doing and they're doing really well. Should I have some of that? That kind of thing. Wow. Brad Rowe, Susan Kilbride Roper, both mental health experts in different areas, but bringing together advocacy and change. I thank you both for being on the Neighborhood Conversations today. Um, And I look forward to inviting you more on um, to future conversations that we can hear more of this um, into different other topics, um, because we can be here all day talking but not today on this neighborhood conversation, but I appreciate you coming on um, today. It's, it's, an, it's an honor. It's an honor. Thank you so much. It's an honor yeah, to have you. been asked. Thank you. Awesome. You know, as we continue to move forward, listening audience, I, I, I think that I would like to end with this. I want you to pause today and I want you to think, what am I grateful for? What are those things that are bringing so many blessings along my way? What are those things that are making me smile? What are the accomplishments that I've done so far that has brought me to this moment, to this minute, to this second? Think about it. Just take a pause. Thank you so much for coming on to the Neighborhood Conversations, and we'll see you at the next episode. Have a great one. Thank you. Bye. This podcast is funded by the government of Nova Scotia.